Class action lawsuits sparked by data breaches may be nothing new in the United States, although most get thrown out due to plaintiffs' inability to prove harm. Now, however, there's a class action lawsuit in the UK that's been filed against British Airways under GDPR, which allows victims to seek not only direct, but also indirect damages. Hi, I'm Matthew Schwartz, executive editor with Information Security Media Group. Jonathan Armstrong, an attorney at London-based law firm Cordray, joins me now to discuss. Jonathan, all of a sudden, data breach class action lawsuits have come to the UK. I wasn't expecting this. Yes, we've had a few before. So we've had, obviously, the Morrison's case is probably the most well-known. We've had an earlier case that involved the Safari browser and Google's activity on Safari browser. But Morrison's, I think, is probably the closest you might get to a US class action. Of course, the real difference is that as a general rule, in Europe, we tend to be opt-in, whereas in the US, you tend to be opt-out. So the classes are likely going to be smaller which makes it less financially attractive for class action lawyers. But at the same time, I know a a number of people are trying to run, if you like, inclusive rather than exclusive actions. So there's um, a group that are trying to bring action against Facebook, I think, over data sharing with Cambridge Analytica, who have some interesting people involved in that, including a former person connected with the Consumers Associations. So I think we're going to see more and more class actions. You know, this year, there's, as you probably know, there's a milestone coming up with the appeal in the Morrison's case, which I believe is scheduled for about first week in October. So that might um, give us some clarity on when people can sue for breaches that were pre-25th of May, although obviously the rules change slightly post-25th May. But class actions, I think, are here to stay for data breaches. And to answer one of your points, I think they're more likely to succeed here than in the US, albeit with the caveat that their numbers will be smaller. That's fascinating. The fact that it is not only an opt-in privacy culture, but also an opt-in class action. Do you want a settlement, part of the settlement culture? Yeah. And I think there's a mixed track record of those type of actions in the past. You know, there's one involving Man United soccer shirts, which didn't get that many people to opt in back in the day. I think people tend not to opt in for things like vouchers. Morrison's will be interesting. Because I think, I may be completely wrong on these numbers, but I I think the rumor I heard that they've got about one in six of Morrison's employees to opt in to the litigation. And that, I think, is probably a higher ratio than, than I've seen in Europe anyway. Depending on how things go with Morrison's or potentially British Airways, would this potentially set precedent that might lead other companies to try to avoid court cases? I mean, because in the US, you see big firms wanting to settle. Things started to look not great. And so rather than see case law get solidified or whatever, they opted to settle, you know, 10 million here, 12 million there is a less price to pay, maybe. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. And we've got to be careful about law that is made by surrender rather than victory. And we have seen that in the past, I think. And interestingly, 
BA were very early out of the blocks to say, we're looking at compensation for people affected. In the past, I think organisations have been reluctant to say anything like that or to volunteer anything like that. I think that one of the situations that potentially makes it a little bit worse for BA is that up until the breach, it seemed that they had a statement on their website to say words to the effect that shopping online was safe. And that just alters, I think, the dynamics slightly because potentially, just as you've had you know, the Hilton litigation, for example, in the US, where it was argued that even absent a privacy right, that's a promise that is you know, misleading if there's an incident and the data wasn't safe. I think the BA are possibly into that territory as well. I noticed that they've changed that part of their website to remove the words safe, but that I think is just a slight complication for BA. And obviously it's relatively easy to use the Wayback Machine and look at the page as it did exist prior to the breach and as it exists today. Why that's relevant is just as in the US, that's potentially a misleading trade statement. And also under GDPR, it could be argued to breach the fairness principle. So that's effectively the first principle, principle A in GDPR, that you have to be fair and transparent when you're handling people's data. And for those reasons, it might be that BA feel that they've got to settle more than a different vendor or a different company with a different type of breach because i think the fact that they've could be argued positively asserted the fact that dealing with them is safe has just gone beyond what many b2c organizations do many of them have reviewed their websites with gdpr coming they've removed statements like shopping online is safe use our secure servers etc etc and have been more what would be the word be more appropriate with the balance saying to people you know the internet isn't safe we'll do what we can but you know there's no 100 percent guarantees is this an easy thing for ba to say because i've seen in u.s breaches sometimes companies say we will reimburse any uncovered fraud losses so basically anything that you can prove to us you lost and your bank or payment card provider did not reimburse you because under U.S. law, debit cards, there's less protection. But typically, banks have reimbursed, if there's a data breach, any fraud, I've heard. Credit cards, they have to. Debit cards, I think there's a bit of wiggle room. But I think for PR purposes, they've pretty much just gone ahead and reimbursed that. So is there any impact on BA, basically? How much of this is a PR maneuver, maybe? Well, it could be a smart move on BA's behalf, of course. It could be that the breach is the fault of the vendor and that BA have a hold harmless clause with that vendor. So it could be a good move for BA to say that they will compensate people because it could be that they've already had discussions with the vendor about that loss being passed down the chain, if you like. So I suspect in time we'll find more about you know who was at fault and who is going to end up bearing the loss. But if you're BA and you have got a right of recovery against a vendor who's responsible for the breach, then it could be a good move to get ahead of the avalanche, if you like, and start talking to people about how you're going to 
hold them harmless or make good their loss. I've been rounding up some recent data breaches. We've seen the, the Superdrug did a notification recently. We had Carphone Warehouse. Now we've got BA. Is this thanks to GDPR that we're hearing more about this? I think things are changing. I think it's partly GDPR. And with the BA1 specifically in Carphone Warehouse, similarly, there are other regulations as well. So BA would be subject to something called the NIF Directive. So potentially even absent GDPR, it would be a tougher regulatory world for them with a data breach this year versus 2016, let's say. But I think GDPR is going to prompt people to have to make breach reports to a regulator sooner. You know, we know that the regulator is dealing with whatever the number currently is, 1,800 a month-ish, the ICO. We know that that number's significantly bigger than April. And GDPR must be the motivating factor for that increase. And equally, we know that people are going to have to tell individuals more, either because they passed the threshold test in GDPR that there could be serious harm for those individuals, or because the regulator is saying to them, now you've notified us, as you have to under GDPR, we think you're going to have to tell individuals as well. And it would be a, a very brave corporation that took the regulator on in that situation because quite often in the early days of a data breach, you don't know things like likely harm. So it's very difficult to go back to the regulator and say, there is no likely harm, therefore I'm not going to tell anybody, do you worst. So I think we'll find at the end of the day that some of these were voluntary. Some of these reports to individuals were voluntary. And in some cases, they were, let's just say, encouraged by a regulator to make the breach public earlier than might have been the case to try and stop harm, you know, stop identity theft, et cetera, et cetera. Jonathan, thanks so much for your time and insights today. My pleasure. Nice speaking with you. I've been speaking with Jonathan Armstrong about data breach class action lawsuits in the UK. I'm Matthew Schwartz with Information Security Media Group. Thank you very much for joining us.